Hello, this is Charles Zulu, and this is another issue of the Field Math series on Musings. Uh, for this episode, we're going to be talking about how cooperatives, in particular platform cooperatives, can help in promoting participative uh, democracy. Um, and so at least for a little bit of background, uh, so participative democracy is a type of democracy where people actually play more of an active role uh, and actually how uh, decisions are made. So it's kind of like a in-between step uh, between uh, like the, a direct democracy where people vote on everything and the representative democracy where representatives tend to take a little bit more control, but people get to elect their representatives. And so at least one of, one of the main reasons why you, uh, uh, participative democracy, you think it's going to be a really, well, a little bit much bigger thing uh, in the future, and it's becoming an even bigger thing now, is the, really the growth of uh, of technology, of course, but also uh, specifically civic technology, which is uh, technology made really to enhance the relationship between people and, uh, and uh, government processes. But I think it's really just for anything that you know, uh, involves uh, uh, any political area, so at least me, you know, I would also include just any technology which promotes democracy as civic tech, even if it might not necessarily be uh, used in a political process, but just the practice of democracy itself is what I think is uh, actually important, and of course that extends then to the political sphere when it comes to democracy. And so, you know, we've kind of been seeing a big increase, and we have been seeing a big increase across the world when it comes to civic uh, tech and really parts of the democracy because of, uh, because of uh, as I said, a bit of civic tech. So we've had a couple of examples throughout the world. We've had, the, for example, in Mexico, there was a, a project about crowdsourcing a new constitution for, the, uh, uh, for Mexico City. And there they uh, used, uh, if I'm correct, uh, just a web platform to get people to submit their opinions so that they could figure out what they wanted to say, uh, well, what they wanted to be uh, included in the Constitution, actually, for the for Mexico City. So that's uh, one example, which I thought was pretty cool. Another one is actually in Taiwan. Taiwan actually takes us a lot farther than we do here in the U.S. So in, uh, in Taiwan, you have what they call V-Taiwan, which is a platform where people can actually uh, discuss and vote on things that the government is actually considering so that they can actually get their input in. So that's a, a really cool thing. And then another one which I thought, uh, sorry, which I, saw, which I thought was pretty cool, uh, was really the use of, uh, uh, well, use of another web platform, uh, really in uh, in France, uh, where uh, where the French government was trying to get a little bit of feedback on some uh, on some policies on climate, and so they used another web platform to crowdsource, you know, get people's opinions and make a decision from there. And the cool part of course is that you can see everyone's opinions, you can see what they're thinking. So this way you can you know, grab a you know, much broader, uh, uh, well, amount of perspectives uh, before you're making a you know, decision, or at least your government makes a decision. And this also makes it well, much more participative because you know it's not just your person making a decision. It's like, oh, I have an opinion on something. I got to stay my opinion, and then that gets considered in the actual uh, political process to create uh, a bill or program. So those are some of the things where civic tech has really shown uh, uh, a lot of promise, and I think it's something that's pretty amazing. And then going back to just parts of specific democracy, we are seeing some 
growth there, uh, especially with the well, the increased use of just citizens themselves, just <laughs> pretty much kind of like not necessarily bypassing governments, but just making their own uh, platforms just to talk about what the heck is going on with the government, <laughs> and uh, you know, trying to put in their own inputs for uh, political processes, and also going back to crowdsourcing too. So you know, we've been seeing a little bit of that too. So you know, there's you know, there is a lot of people who do really want to you know participate in political processes who might not feel as if the current uh, uh, political, uh, well, uh, systems that they live in, you know, necessarily hear their voices, and luckily there are people working on just making tech, and sometimes just kind of trying to bypass, uh, uh governments and, uh, establish political processes themselves to get their voices heard, so that's been, uh, some interesting things to look at, but, uh, on the topic of player participant democracy, there's been a lot of increases of, uh, of citizen assemblies, so it's just kind of like trying to make like a fourth branch of uh, of government. So it's kind of like a, so if your three main branches uh, legislative, judicial, and then executive, and then the fourth would be uh, the citizen. So since uh, you know, this really makes a little bit more of a more sense in a representative democracy, which we do have here uh, in the United States. So with citizen assemblies, it's kind of like. Uh, yeah, you, while well, you make an assembly word, uh, depending on how you uh, how you do it, uh, yeah, you might just uh, do a random sortition of people in, uh, let's say, uh, you know, an area that will be affected by that decision making or the political process, and uh, ask them to uh, to come together and review uh, policies or suggest policies uh, for the government uh, to. A review or to uh, to actually uh, uh, pass or uh, you know consider making uh, law, and sometimes this also goes by citizen councils. So there is uh, excuse me a couple examples of citizen excuse me assemblies uh, in the world. So uh, example there is one in Oregon, and theirs is pretty cool. But there's they just do a, a sortition of just. Uh, regular old folks <laughs> and just uh, ask them like hey can you just look at these issues like you know, talk to your neighbors and you know whatnot which I much rather prefer because uh, you know that's a little bit you know closer to home and and then you're getting just the regular person's viewpoints on some of these uh, uh, issues which you know affect them but also probably their neighbors and uh, you know not saying the representatives uh, themselves don't necessarily uh, uh, have to deal with those issues or uh, or are as embedded in their communities. It's just that uh, when you're a representative, it's a lot easier to kind of uh, not have to listen to the voice of the people and, uh, well, listen to just a select few voices because of, uh, you know, there's a wide variety of people and just, uh, you know, so many different constituency groups. You know, there's a lot of ways that uh, a representative can be, you know, uh, given a lot of noise that stops them from listening to, uh, uh, well, to the, their, uh, well, to the people they should be representing. And so at least, you know, when it comes to participative democracy, that's been something that uh, I've uh, been seeing, and I think it's pretty, uh, pretty amazing. Uh, and there was an, uh, a series from the OECD uh, on this as well, uh, on uh, deliberative democracy. Uh, and so uh, deliberative democracy and participative democracy kind of do kind of go hand in hand. Um, yeah, I probably should have told you this a little bit earlier, but here's like a short definition of deliberative democracy. 
third honestly it's really one where the emphasis is less on uh the actual uh let's say voting process but on the actual uh creation of uh, of policy and the uh, a law so really the most important thing about democracy is you know it's not just about the decision it's about how we actually created like the the plan before it got to the decision making stage so for example let's say we're you know uh, there's like a law that you want to pass or uh and it's put up to belt for uh, uh for uh for the citizens to vote on so, uh, so in deliberative democracy, we really wouldn't be concerned with the actual uh, measure on the ballot. What we'd be concerned with is how did that measure get on the ballot? As long as we ran through the process and you know how people vote on it is here nor there. Really, the most important thing is you know it's people following the process to get a measure on the ballot. And it kind of and deliberative democracy really does go hand in hand uh, with participative democracy. Uh, because uh, there's a lot more saying how uh, you know th well how things are created and a little bit more uh, of, a, of an eye from uh, just uh, people who are generally affected by those uh, uh, policies so yeah it kind of does go hand in hand so that's a little bit of background on participative democracy uh, a little bit on civic tech uh, and then some uh, some really really short examples but uh, yeah, I'll probably include some examples uh, uh, later, either in uh, this podcast or just give it out some links. Like if you guys want some <laughs> some uh, some links to uh, some cool civic tech stuff that's going on, uh, or partners with democracy or deliver democracy, you know, of course send me an email and I'd be more than happy to send you some links. So moving on to uh, a little bit to the main topic uh, here. So as I said uh, in the beginning, uh, talking about how cooperatives. Uh, how they play a role when it comes uh, to uh, participative democracy and uh, democracy. So one of the things that's really important, uh, and uh, I hope you guys uh, know already. So hopefully I'm just like, you know, saying things that you've already heard before. But cooperative itself is as a well business organization, which is created, which is uh, democratically run and governed by uh, its members. And what kind of members these are depends on uh, on the on the cooperative. But the, really, the, really the re most important thing is that it's the practice of democracy within the organization. So you have uh, equal ownership, you know, among uh, all the members, but also equal say in the in the running of the of the cooperative and the use of democratic processes. And so that's one thing that really sets uh, cooperatives apart from other uh, uh, social uh, businesses. So, for example, like a like a benefit corporation, and then just like traditional uh, for-profit businesses, which don't necessarily have equal ownership or use of democratic processes for their uh, governance. Uh, so that's a quick little intro to a. Uh, well, uh, at least the reason why I'm talking about cooperatives and then going to platform cooperatives, that's really just a specific type of cooperative which creates digital tools or uh, platforms. So, uh, so for example, uh, you might have heard of, uh, uh, let's say, like Savvy Coop, which is a, uh, a platform cooperative which has a health research platform where people can uh, run surveys. Uh, 
and give them to the members of Savvy Coop who are all patients. And so uh, let's say you're a health researcher and you're looking for uh, participants in your survey. You can go to Savvy Coop and ask them, hey, uh, what you, would your members be interested in taking the survey? And if they say yes, boom, there you go, you're done. So that's a really quick example of a platform cooperative. And so, uh, and so uh, at least the platform cooperative I really want to talk about uh, in this uh, episode is Party, uh, P-A-R-T-I, and uh, their website's party.coop. This is a really, really cool platform cooperative all the way in Seoul, South Korea. You know, shout out, uh, it's a Seoul, shout out South Korea, shout out co-op family uh, across uh, the ocean, what's up? Uh, and so party, uh, what they do is that they actually provide uh, digital tools for uh, participative democracy. And they've actually have helped out a couple uh, local, uh, uh, not necessarily elections, but just uh, in some local political processes in Seoul. Uh, and so they've done a lot of really cool things, but, uh, you know, party, uh, and provides a couple of services, uh, which is actually pretty cool. And at least most of their, you know, tech that they've put out is all uh, open source. So, uh, at least for the citizens who actually uh, who might be involved in a participatory uh, uh, events where they can actually uh, interact with uh, with uh, with government officials. Uh, now they actually have some. Uh, some insurance, at least when it comes to, to the software, that like, oh, it's open source, I can take a look, uh, it's uh, transparent to me, and so at least there's something like crazy going on in the background, which they might not uh, know about. You know, we did have a, at least a problem with that here in the U.S. when it came to, I think it was, uh, one of the Democratic Party's primaries, and there was some voting, and then there was a problem with counting the votes, and there was some closed-source software, and everyone's like, why are they using closed-source software? What's going on here? Uh, so, uh, at least, you know, uh, probably, you know, is avoiding that problem up front, which is something that everyone should be, uh, should be doing. So, at least when it comes to some of the services that Party actually provides, and I think uh, the services they provide are actually pretty useful. Uh, the first is just a public system particip participation platform. Uh, they also provide training and workshops, uh, consulting advisory, and, uh, and a network where people can uh, connect with each other. And so at least when it comes to the, to the training, they actually do help people figure out how to run their own uh, system participation uh, events, you know, whether virtual or, uh, or uh, in person. And, then, and also helping organizations actually just run, uh, run them or uh, advising them on how to actually run one. And so at least, you know, what uh, some of these services are called, uh, well, uh, the actual tools they have is like uh, party groups, demosex, party town hall, party campaigns, and uh, data public. And so it's kind of a long list of the stuff that they've made, but I think it's some uh, really nice stuff. So at least party groups, like that's just uh, forums where people can talk and uh, write docs, polls, archive stuff. Uh, so you can actually like kind of collaborate with people. This is really nice, kind of like a forum but I think that's really, uh, which I found pretty cool uh, uh, to me, is really uh, their tech, uh, Demos X and uh, Party Town Hall. So I'll just uh, talk about Demos X, because I thought that was pretty cool. So uh, Party actually did have a, a partnership with the Seoul uh, Metropolitan Government uh, for, uh, for citizens institutions uh, where they could uh, share their opinions uh, with each other through, uh, through Demos X. That's their uh, open source citizen participation uh, platform. 
so there people can uh, you know, uh, post messages, uh, vote uh, on matters, and uh, join conversations. So it's actually kind of a pretty cool thing. And uh, so this was actually like a live uh, project that I actually did. I think it's uh, 20, uh, 2018, 2018. Uh, so you know, pretty cool things to take a look at that they actually you know even put this out there uh, into practice and. Yeah, we're able to show that uh, you, know, you can actually have uh, civic tech, which brings people together. And so, at least uh, you know, after doing their little test run uh, with uh, uh, with the small metropolitan government uh, in 2018, they actually you know uh, released an operations guide uh, with DemoSec, so pretty much anyone can use it. And they also do show you how you can. Uh, how you uh, should be able to run it. Uh, so it's some you know pretty interesting stuff. Uh, but so yeah, I just thought that was a really cool use of uh, of the technology. And then uh, the other one that I mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, uh, Party Town Hall. That one's actually really cool because that one's like for actual uh, town hall. You know, town halls. You know, usually that's when you have like a. Uh, let's say a person who is like involved in politics, so it might be a representative, for example, and then they'll just host uh, uh, an event at, uh, well, you, well, at a town hall, which is supposed to be like, you know, the main uh, city center for, uh, for your town, or uh, kind of like your main government building. That could really be anything, it could be like a high school or you know, really, you know, anywhere. But uh, it's kind of like where the, the name comes from. But, you know, it's really anywhere where representative and uh, citizens can uh, interact with. Well, uh, sorry, interact together. And so that's what the uh, party town hall is, uh, you know, is for, is for you know, these town halls. But the cool part is that it's really like a, a real-time discussion. So people can, in real time, discuss what's being uh, being mentioned uh, by uh, by the representative and see what other people are thinking. So you know, if you're an attendee, you might be thinking something but like, well, does anyone else have that opinion? Well, now you can actually take a look and be like, oh, okay, I'm not the only one here with this, you know, thinking it's good or thinking it's bad or whatever. <laughs> and another cool thing that you also get with this, that, you, know, you also get visualization, so you can actually visualize uh, the actual flow of the the opinions that people have during uh, during the town hall, and then also to see the progress uh, that's being made during the town hall. So there's something like particularly you need to actually get to, like, oh, okay, see how far we're going. And you know, one of the really cool things is that you know you have like five ways you make decisions with a uh, uh, with party town hall. So one's like debate. And so, the, you know, with the babe, you can actually request, like, oh, we want to hear, you know, opinions uh, on an issue and then make a decision which one do you guys like, uh, suggestions. So, you know, uh, for that one, that's kind of like a risk of asking uh, people, like, all right, do you guys have any questions? And then people can just send them there. And people can also cheer. It's like, you know, they hear good things. They can just, you know, show support. Uh, voting. So people can vote on things and, of course, uh, you know, uh, leave comments that they need to be. Uh, and also uh, the term priorities, which is uh, actually a pretty cool thing too. So yeah, that's at least you know when it comes to some of the tech that uh, party has. I think you know those ones are like really the cool ones uh, to me. And uh, one of the other really uh, cool things that I really like about party is just uh, it's really you know one of the uh, reasons why they chose themselves as a cooperative, 
And so this is in the in their article uh, in a democracy public goods and uh, and party. Uh, so sometimes they also do write it with a it's a p a r t i. Sometimes p a t t i. I think that just might be a, like a translation thing from uh, Korean to uh, to English. But you know one of the you know things which I thought was just really cool. Just like one of the reasons why they're uh, formed as a co-op. Uh, coming from one of their founders is, uh, you know, at least, you know, this question that's, you know, supposed in the article, it's like, what would you do if the internet could make the world a better place? And, you know, um, his response was, I want to make the world a more democratic place. And I was like, oh, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty impressive. And, and, you know, that's like one of the you know, things that, you know, brought them to be a cult. And I think that's very similar to, uh, well, to, well, to civic tech and having more parts of the democracy, but, uh, don't even go on a little bit more, just like, you know, really to in turn, like, what makes democracy so important is really that, uh, at least one of their founders' visions was, uh, you know, like, what is democracy for? It's like, it's just a way to match public goods. <laughs> and so that's one of the, you know, things that make uh, democracy so great is that, uh, you know, is that we can have people come and work together to match these public goods. And so, you know, if people can participate in democracy, understand democracy, they'll keep these public goods that, you know, previous generations have accumulated and brought together. Go without, you know, the practice of democracy, uh, which I do feel people don't necessarily get the chance to do. You know, it's really hard to keep these public resources, uh, you know, well, within uh, the collective. Uh, it becomes a really tough thing to do because people don't know uh, uh, you know, how practice of democracy, well, uh, well what are democratic processes, uh, practices or processes? So it's, you know, it's a very tough thing. And so, you know, if something, you know, this, if there's something that people really should know is that, you know, really understand democratic processes. And so if you can learn that skill, it becomes a lot easier for people to use uh, public goods, but also uh, to promote their growth and uh, make sure that this stays for the public. So, that's one of the things which, you know, well, drew me to party, uh, other than <laughs> just the fact they do some really cool uh, civic tech stuff. But, you know, it's one of the things I really uh, like about them. It's, uh, it's really the founder's uh, vision when it comes to democracy and why uh, he uh, really wanted party to be a co-op. And because I talked about a little bit earlier, co-op just embody democratic pra uh, practices and uh, uh, equal ownership which is extremely important for, you know, a democracy. And so, you know, really, if you want to see any, like, really well-functioning uh, democracy, you see a lot of, uh, uh, well, a lot of participation, but also a lot of uh, equal access. So, you know, the closer you want to a good democracy, you know, these are the things you kind of want to push for. And the founder's name, um, I'm hoping, well, one of the founders, I'm hoping getting the name right, Oh Yeon. Uh, you know, at least one of the other cool things, you know, they just mentioned was really the fact that, you know, democracies aren't stagnant, that they, you know, do innovate, they do grow, and that's by having people actually participate in the management and use of public goods, this will lead to greater uh, innovation in our democracies and on the, you know, prescient issues <laughs> that's, uh, uh, that's mentioned in the, in the articles, the polarization of wealth and uh, general gender conflicts. And uh, at least, uh, you know, those are, you know, three big issues which really do uh, have a huge impact on, 
democratic processes. And as we've you know been seeing really since uh, 2009, that's uh, that's you know the polarization has really had a very negative impact on uh, on our democratic processes. And she also has kind of uh, makes people not so uh, excited or just not even wanting to participate in uh, in political processes. But uh, even worse than that, it's not even trying to uh, understand democratic processes and the democracies that they live in. And I would say this is really one of the main reasons why I really like platform cooperatives and just the whole uh, movement that's been going on uh, with platform cooperatives, but also people working in civic tech has really shown that people really do care about uh, these political processes, how their governments run. And the problem might not necessarily be their interests, the problem might be uh, you know, whether they get to participate and whether they see some end results or some. Uh, you know, or some uh, positive feedback, uh, actually just feedback in general from uh, from voicing their concerns or participating. And that was one of the things which I thought from the article itself was uh, was pretty cool. And so, you know, at least one of the big things them, uh, as I was saying, is like, you know, use uh, tech to, uh, to push democracy. And so for them, that's really the big thing and that, you know, uh, for them, tech has to be a public good. And so if we're going to use it for democracy, you know, they think it's going to be public good. And that's one thing I do kind of agree with them, uh, that I really do think you should have, like, open source technologies if you're going to be applying that in, uh, in political processes uh, or anything involving democracy, since democracies themselves, by default, uh, are meant to be uh, participative, have a lot of people involved, and also be open. Because, you know, if you, you know, even if... Uh, you know, people can uh, have a say if it's not open. So, you know, if you only let certain people, uh, you know, participate, then it's like, it's not really democracy at that point. So these are one of the cool things uh, about party. And, and so, you know, at least what they kind of want to build is, uh, you, know, they, you know, at least to make it, you know, uh, well, the platform itself to be a common good or at least uh, a public good that, you know, you gotta have collective, you gotta have free and open source software. You have a user community and you got a network. So you know you put those things uh, together. Uh, you know you kind of get what uh, what party is going for. And they really want to make sure that the people who actually participate in the organization uh, also own what uh, the organization well uh, makes and can be involved in how it's uh, and how the technology runs. And also to those people who uh, who join party. Uh, not only gonna support democracy, but also get to uh, improve their own democratic uh, skills and can uh, use those uh, in their own lives. So it's one of those really cool things uh, that, at least from the founder, one of the main reasons why he wants uh, Forms to go up. So, yeah, then he ends off with uh, mentioning just kind of like a short little intro to. Uh, well, to platform co cooperativism and just talking about how, you know, the web itself is kind of meant to be uh, open to everyone. You know, really meant to be a neutral place where anyone can kind of, you know, be themselves uh, and how really the platform uh, uh, economy and uh, uh, particularly uh, like uh, platform businesses which are in tech and how they've kind of disrupted that, uh, that goal of the internet, which you know, uh, all of the web is really, you know, meant to be open, but it's kind of closing it. And so, 
one of the ways of reopening it is by having people, uh, you know, utilize democratic processes, but also, you know, pick up on these skills so that we can uh, keep the web open. And, uh, you know, worrying about, you know, how these uh, platform businesses also, you know, moderate, you know, users as well. That's also I also mentioned uh, in the article. Uh, but just overall, just, you know, having, you know, the web, which is meant to be open, but then having platform businesses which start closing uh, uh, the web <laughs> a little bit and kind of, you know, pushing everyone into, you know, uh, certain directions and then even controlling some of the content, but... Uh, you know, a little bit through like moderation policy, but not you know actual uh, content itself, but uh, just what it's allowed. But yeah, those are kind of some of the things uh, brought up in the article. Uh, I really do recommend that uh, uh, you do read it. This is a really really good. I mean, it's Korean, but you can just translate it into English. But it's a great article. Uh, it's all about uh, you know the use of tech to promote democracy and uh, how we can kind of. You know, get people to uh, practice democracy so that they themselves can keep these public goods, which we've, you know, society have really brought together, keep it in the public and, uh, you know, accumulate more and then grow it. And then how we can kind of counter uh, the platform economy as it's been, uh, been growing for the past uh, decade or two. So, uh, yeah, that's the end of the episode. Uh, thank you for listening in. You know, hopefully you uh, enjoyed it. Uh, hopefully uh, you found this to be an informative episode. And uh, you'll start taking more of a look at uh, platform cooperatives, uh, civic tech, and uh, and uh, the promotion of democracy uh, on the web. So uh, once again, thank you for listening. Uh, this is Charles Ojemu, uh and uh, I'm a member of the Ledgeback Digital Commons Research Cooperative. If you have uh, any questions about this episode, or about uh, platform cooperatives, civic tech, uh, democracy on the web, uh, or anything uh, related, uh, you know, please send uh, a message to gmail.com and uh, hopefully we get back to you. Uh, and then uh, once again, thanks for listening. You know, this is once again Charles signing off.